the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cop, and stroll right in. You've gone the distance, and, and you're right where you belong. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I am Kyle Skinner. And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. This is part two of our Best Disney Heroes bracket. If you missed episode one, be sure to go back and check that one out. We got a lot of good feedback on the last one. I think people were surprised that you and I were able to competently put together a podcast because uh, people were like, wow, what a great idea. Uh, They had some strong feelings about uh, Simba not making it through. They had some... uh, strong feelings about people that we left off and it's great because that means people are engaging and i am happy that episode one went so well it was really like the best case scenario reaction from everyone that reached out to me it was hey man great job on the podcast everything you said was wrong though (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is great that's what we want i mean these are all hot takes yes Uh, please please tweet at us your hot takes um, just like Chris said at Mouse Madness Pod, uh, email us your hot takes and uh, we'll read them and we'll read them on the pod even before our, our next bracket show. So send in your feedback, send in your hot takes. Uh, let's get that done. But uh, before we hop into our final four here, let's talk about our uh, spoonful of sugar, Chris. Ah, spoonful of sugar. Special shout out to Billy on iTunes who reviewed us and said that's his favorite part of the show is spoonful of sugar. So it's thanks, Billy. So I'm a big tequila and mezcal guy. So I got some illegal mezcal <laughs> and mixed it with like this sour apple energy drink thing. And it's it's sour and smoky. And I'm what are you calling it. it? I'm calling it the... Probably like the poison apple or something. Yeah, hey, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I uh, I went ahead and took a look at Trader Sam's drink list. I found a oh, recipe nice. for a drink called the Tiki 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 Rum. And what it is is a splash of pineapple juice, a splash of orange juice, some cream of coconut, and a shot of gold rum. And uh, it is pretty tasty. It is, it'll have me singing the Enchanted Tiki Room theme by the end of this episode, I'm sure. That is a very involved drink. I'm very impressed. <laughs> it was, it was an effort. And as you can tell, I've made it before. Otherwise, why would I have cream of coconut? You have work experience as a bartender, correct? I do. Summer camp bartender. Uh, <laughs> completely trained, completely professional, uh, and completely legal. So uh, yeah, it was I, I'm a mixologist of sorts. All right. Well, we before we talk about our uh, final four Disney heroes and we finish up the bracket, we want to take the beginning of this episode to go over a few current events in the world of Disney. Uh, honestly, we've had tons of current events come up since we recorded episode one of this podcast, but we want to talk about one that we think will directly affect us and the way we work on this show, and um, that's Disney+. Plus. There was a huge event in April. 
Disney announced all of the details on the platform. We want to go over a few of them with our listeners in case they don't know what to expect from Disney+. And we can talk about what it means and some of our thoughts on it. So here's everything that we know about Disney+. It's a streaming platform. It incorporates Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Nat Geo, and now Fox. That's TV shows and movies. When the site launches... I believe it's in November. They do not anticipate having a full library right away, but a lot of things they anticipate getting throughout the first year that the service is available. So they announced that Pixar and Star Wars, within the first year, they'll have the entire library. It won't be available immediately at launch. The Signature Collection is a collection of DVDs. There are nine of them. They're all animated features. That's Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, Pinocchio, Bambi, The Lion King, Lady and the Tramp, Peter Pan, The Little Mermaid, and Cinderella. So all of those Disney confirms will be available at the launch of Disney+. Plus. They said Mary, and Mary Poppins and Alice in Wonderland will be available as well. Just like Netflix, there are going to be tons of exclusive movies and TV shows made for this platform. They've announced a live-action Lady and the Tramp movie that will be on the platform at launch. There's going to be a Loki series. There's going to be a Cassian Andor series, who is a character from Star Wars Rogue One, played by Diego Luna. There's also a high school musical series. So all in all, they anticipate that in the first year that the platform is live, there will be 500 films available and over 7,500 TV episodes. The Simpsons will be the exclusive streaming home of Disney+. And they said that there will likely be a Hulu and ESPN tie-in or a bundle. You'll be able to download anything that's available on Disney+. And the ultimate kicker, Kyle, Disney+, Plus is going to be available for $6.99 a month. Absolutely incredible. And you can pay even less if you buy a year. Oh, really? I did not know about yeah, the year subscription like, plan. Yeah, it's like instead of like 70 bucks. Or instead of whatever it is, it's going to be 70 bucks for the entire year. So you essentially get two months free. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when, when they announced this service, we were pretty much fully on board right away. We were like, we're, we're yep. getting that. And we didn't even know how cheap it was. I was, I, I mean, I would pay $30 for this. Oh, for sure. Um, just the the amount of content, it's, it's insane. And... It's interesting because I was a film and media studies major in school, and I remember one of my professors, this was in 2010, nine years ago, say, I would hate to be working at Hulu right now. I would hate to be working at Netflix right now because all of the major studios are going to have their own streaming platforms soon, and those companies are going to get run out of business. And I was like, that's insane. Everyone loves Netflix. What are you talking about? So you're yeah. telling me that like, if I want to watch a movie, I have to be like, oh, what studio was that? And then go and find it. Well, I stand corrected now because this thing is going to be awesome. That being said, though, Kyle, do you think that you might get tired of watching the same classic Disney movies over and over again? What do you want to see from this platform to keep your business? Yeah, I think that, so important to note, it was announced earlier this week that Disney is going to fully buy Hulu. So originally they were going to let it kind of run itself, but it sounds like they're going to completely control it, um, which is very interesting as well. So I think that this is going to keep me interested mostly because of the exclusive for Disney Plus series. I think that they announced that there's going to be documentary series. They're going to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. 
um as their current movies come out they'll put up behind the scenes footage and documentary stuff on disney plus and honestly can't get tired of the classics and it, it'll be nice to always have them there in case we want to rewatch them and and like you said at the top like this is huge for us because when we're talking about things that maybe we haven't seen in forever um this is going to be something that we can we can revisit and go see some of the older movies like bambi um when we start talking about uh bambi related topics so <laughs> i think i think it's great i'm obviously in i'm obviously gonna do it and uh i can't wait for november my primary concern is that there will not be enough adult type content on the platform i love my disney i love my family media products but on the other hand i also do kind of like a more mature viewing experience yeah i think Um, that's fair but i think where i'm gonna get that sort of fix is gonna be by keeping netflix yeah, and, and I think the goal is for Hulu to kind of be the spot where all of that stuff lands. But I would really, really, really like to see them take some of these children and family properties and adultify them, if you will. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. Imagine a super, super gritty Marvel or a Star Wars TV show. You know, one that has some swearing in it, uh, that has a little bit more graphic violence in it. I would be all on board for something like that. Um, and, and I really hope that they take a few risks and go in some new directions with some of these characters and some of these IPs. Yeah, man. And they this is the first time they're ever doing anything like this. And so I think that they're going to play it safe when they first release and, and give us some of the classics, um, these the Lady and the Tramp live action, I don't really need it, but it'll be there. Um, the Loki series could be a place where things get a little bit more adult, um, but we'll see. And they'll they'll see how it does, and then they'll reevaluate, and hopefully, uh, based upon feedback, which you know the Disney community is going to provide that, they will adjust and, and move. Okay, well, we will be looking for that this fall, but until then, we will just have to wait and find... Disney movies the old-fashioned way on the internet. Illegal streams. We do not condone illegal streaming of any Disney products on this podcast. Correct. Um, okay, so Kyle, let's get back into our Disney Heroes bracket. Yep. So just to kind of remind everyone where we left off, there are two Final Four matchups. We have Moana from Moana versus Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio. On the other side of the bracket, we have Mulan from Mulan versus Hercules from Hercules. Let's go ahead and start with Moana versus Jiminy Cricket. All right. Kyle, I have a feeling that you are more of a Moana person and more of a Pinocchio person than me. So I'm going to defer the opening statement for this matchup to you. All right. Well, I'm... I. I am a huge Moana fan. I told you after seeing the movie the first time, I was like, this is the greatest thing that Disney did uh, in recent years. Like this is their, this is their biggest hit. Um, Love Moana. But I like, I have this weird nostalgia that doesn't make sense for, for Pinocchio. Like, obviously this movie was released in the forties. I wasn't close to being alive in the forties, but for some reason there's this nostalgic 
kicker to Pinocchio. I, I think it's because I used to watch it at my grandparents' house, but like I don't even quite have any memories to draw from that. Um, that all being said, and I think you might agree with this, but I'm super interested in hearing your point. Um, Jiminy Cricket uh, is, is a hero in that he, like we said last episode, he's doing everything in his power to make sure that Pinocchio stays out of trouble and he is selflessly helping him make the correct choices um, throughout the movie. Whether it's he's constantly trying to get him away from Pleasure Island, he's warning him about Monstro, but he also puts his life on the line by going with Pinocchio to help find Geppetto in Monstro and helps him light the fire, which is a hilarious, uh, a hilarious escape scheme. However, Moana is a hero in absolutely every sense of the word. She is sent on a mission by no one but herself. She knows that the ocean is calling her and she doesn't quite know why. Um, finds out that she has the heart of Tafiti and she needs to go and return it to save her people and save her island and essentially save the entire ocean because... Uh, Tafiti is taking over not only her island but islands surrounding them um, which is jeopardizing their their lives and their existence and despite not knowing how to sail despite having to encounter a god and encounter that weird massive crab thing um, she has a mission and she's willing to put her life on the line to accomplish it for the betterment of everyone putting her island before her own self in order to do good um, and restore peace to the entire ocean, and also restore uh, faith in those people's abilities to exist beyond their island, because that's the entire subtext to the movie, is that no one goes beyond the island because everyone's too afraid to, because her father got into that boat accident long ago and forbids people from going, and she's she proves not only can they continue to move around and they can continue to find new places to live and expand, but that anyone can do it. Even somebody who has no experience in sailing, even somebody who has encountered the most treacherous dangers, uh, she proves that uh, she can be a hero and that anyone else can as well. And that's why I have Moana moving on in the next round. Okay, Kyle, I'm going to start with Jiminy Cricket. Here we go. I apologize to all of the other heroes that Jiminy Cricket has left in his wake throughout <laughs> this bracket. I revisited Pinocchio Here we go. in preparation for this discussion. And not only do I think Jiminy Cricket is a terrible hero, oh I boy. think he's a terrible sidekick as well. Oh, boy. Not to spoil our inevitable best Disney sidekick conversation, the MVP of that movie is the Blue Fairy Lady. Because what? she's the one that comes in when Pinocchio's stuck in a cage and Jiminy Cricket can't get him out and the Blue Fairy comes in and was like, Pinocchio, you're kind of an idiot. Jiminy, you let this happen? Okay, I guess I'll bail you out. So, yes, I understand Jiminy saves Pinocchio from Pleasure Island, but in the final moment of the film when Pinocchio and Geppetto must find their way out of the belly of Monstro, Jiminy Cricket's floating around on the outside. And it is Pinocchio who has that final act of heroism. And while, like we said last episode, Pinocchio is a terrible hero, 
I got to give credit to Pinocchio for that one. And the other thing is that this movie, I don't think is set up like a hero's tale. I don't think either one of these characters are supposed to be heroes to the audience. I mean, this is an old, old movie. And I think that it's supposed to be presented as a cautionary tale for children. Not so much a hero's quest. There are so many obvious references to like, don't do that, don't talk to strangers, you better go to school, don't smoke, don't drink, don't play pool. <laughs> it's just kind of jarring, and I think that that's the point of Pinocchio. And so throughout my viewing, I just I couldn't see either of these characters in a heroic way. So everything you said about Moana is true. I don't really have a whole lot to add there. I'm going to bury Jiminy right now to say Jiminy Cricket is a good hero because he bails Pinocchio out of all these tricky situations. If you say that, you have to say the same thing about the Blue Fairy. That's what I'm trying to say. Totally fair. So uh, all of you in Monster University's hats, uh, you really messed up with putting Jiminy in this in this bracket. And then I guess we messed up by letting him advance so far, but... Um, well, he had it. He 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 honestly had kind of an easy path to uh, he did to the final four. Too. He did. He was more of a hero than the other people, I guess we could say. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, so let's move over to the other side and talk about Mulan versus Hercules. Go ahead and start us off. I'm going with Mulan, and here's why. Hercules is. I said this way too many times last episode. Hercules is a classic hero. All right, which is great. But it's not very relatable to me and likely to everyone else who is familiar with that movie. He's the son of a god. He's kind of a meathead. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him. He's easily deceived. Yes, I enjoy watching him on screen. I think he's funny. I think he's entertaining. I love watching him perform these amazing acts of strength and heroism and courage. But it's hard for me as a viewer to see myself in him. Yes, I want to be him because I think he's great and powerful, but I don't know that I share a whole lot of qualities with Hercules. And to me, that's a really important part of a hero is someone who inspires you to be a hero in your life. Yes, Hercules is interesting. Yes, he's entertaining, but he doesn't do that for me. On the other hand, Mulan definitely does that for me. She's a super relatable character. Her primary concern at the beginning of the movie is that she can't relate to the pressures of her family and of the society that she lives in. And she also has this internal pressure inside of her as well, right? So she's she sings Reflection, which is a very underrated Disney song, and um, it's very revealing in that it tells a lot about Mulan as a character, what she's looking for, what her struggles are, and what her goals are. And in episode one, when we were having our conversation about what a good hero is to each of us, something I said was that a good hero is someone who learns something in the end. And in addition to having this external journey, this external adventure, they go on an adventure inside of themselves as well. And so um, Mulan, in addition to saving China, she finds out who she is. Unfortunately, I think that they don't do a very good job of setting up Mulan's character at the beginning of the movie. Mulan is a very creative person. She's very ingenious. She's very resourceful. She's very clever. And 
the only time you really catch a glimpse of that is when she ties the bone to her dog to do her morning errands, right? Right. And but later in the film she like climbs climbs the giant stick with the arrow in it and she she like uses the weights as I don't know as a way to propel herself up this giant pole. She fires the last cannon at the mountain instead of directly at the Huns and it buries all of them. And in the finale, she does this really cool thing with like a fan. She's like cornered by Shun Yu. And then she like whips out this, she like whips out this fan and he like goes to stab her and she like totally turns it back on him. And it's super cool. And in that moment and everything leading up to it, it goes to show that she's this very interesting, clever person. And that's the person that she is on the inside. She has a big heart. Which is which is shown a lot at the beginning of the movie. They do do a very good job at setting up her relationship with her dad, and so she she finds herself at the end of the movie. In addition to saving the entire country, and we can talk about the similarities and differences between her and Moana potentially in the next round. If you agree with me advancing Mulan, Kyle. Yes, I'm going to be going with Mulan as well. I think a big part of being a hero, as I said last episode, is that the selflessness of the character needs to be prominent. And that's that's her entire thing in this movie. When her father gets called to war and he's obviously not fit to fit for battle, she puts she puts her life and her essentially like low-key her family's life on the line by stealing his armor and uh, and uh, reporting to camp and like you said, the, we don't get to see her creativity in the beginning besides the the dog doing her chores, but uh she she figures things out uh, with little resources and she uses that creativity for the betterment of everyone, even if it's even if they don't recognize it at first. And I think like that courageousness to go against the grain and trust in herself uh, is extremely important to her being a better hero. And uh, yeah, you're, you're right when she fires the last cannon and she not only does she get stabbed in that scene um, and risks her life to enact a plan that might not work and it doesn't work because they come back and she has to defeat the huns once again but the, her courageousness and her selflessness to put her life on the line for for not only china but her not only her troop but for chi- china as well um was extremely heroic and yeah that fan move at the very end when he stabs through the fan and he and she turns it on him like that's enough to get up out of your seat and and start cheering so uh <laughs> yes sick. i do agree with you uh, Mulan's going to meet Moana in the finals. Um, and I think this one's going to be quite the battle. Yeah, so last episode we had a built-in tiebreaker um, for all of our matchups. We have decided that in the final four and in the finals, there will be no tiebreaker. It will be a debate until we can figure out who's the winner. So... <laughs> Here we go. Someone's got to make a really good point if we disagree. Yep, this is going to be interesting. All right, so let's start by going over a few similarities between these two because there are actually tons of parallels between each of these heroes. The number one thing that I notice, I know I talked about reflection earlier. Moana has a pretty great song of her own, own, How Far I'll Go. Both of these songs are kind of about this struggle that each of these heroes have inside of themselves They both feel very out of place in the world that they live in. They both are longing for something different. I like that a lot because A, it gives the hero direction. 
So you clearly know where they're going to go. Far. And far in also... Moana's yes. <laughs> it will be far. <laughs> it will probably be where the, the line where the sky meets the sea. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. So that's probably where she'll go. Of course. I like it because it makes them very relatable. I think everyone out there has something about their current state of being that they would like to change. And so when you have these characters singing these pieces about wanting something more, it really resonates inside of you. And I will give shout out to a character that we have not discussed yet on this podcast, but Belle from Beauty and the Beast has a very similar song um, at the end of the first number, Belle. She has a line that says, I want adventure in the grade wide somewhere or something like that. And if you ask a lot of people who their favorite Disney princess is or which one they think is most like them, a lot of them will say Belle. Yeah, absolutely. I I will bet money on that. It's because she feels out of place. Right. And that's a feeling that a lot of people can relate to. It's something that's present in Mulan and in Moana. And so I think for that reason, both of these heroes deserve to be in the position that they are in right now. I think we can even dive into the similarities of their plots. Um, They both have disapproving fathers of their kind of uh, challenging the status quo of what it is to be a woman in their respective populations. They both run away from home um, in order to save those respective populations. Um, Mulan running away to join the army and Moana running away to save her island and the island surrounding. They They both have silly sidekicks moana has maui who's this shape-shifting god who lost his hammer so he lost his mojo and mulan has mushu who's this uh dragon who wants to prove himself as a guardian and uh can't really do much except for light things on fire and they both have to battle some sort of like to bring into video games terms like big boss like mulan has to battle the huns who are taking over all of China and Moana while the movie wants to say that the the big boss is the I can't even re- remember let me see the big lava yeah thing. what's I don't even remember her name but uh what they thought she was who ends up being Tafiti but like the even bigger boss is Moana's drive to continue to try and help like at one point she gives up and she's visited by the spirit of her grandma, who's like, no, you can do this. And she really has to look inside herself and and overcome her own doubts and her own self-doubts in order to save her people and save the islands and save the ocean, um, in which she finds the courage and defeats the big boss with love, essentially, which is the premise of the, of the movie. Um, so not only... Uh, are Moana and Mulan similar in character? Their plots of their movies are super similar, which is going to make this this choosing, I think, extremely difficult. I think we should we should dive into a little bit of the differences and see if we can battle out who is really supremely uh, the hero of Disney. I think I'll start. Okay. A difference between Moana and Mulan is uh, Mulan didn't have the aid of a god to accomplish her feat. While Maui didn't save the day, he certainly helped. Um, in the battle with who we learned to be Tafiti, he's shape-shifting and he's helping to distract and he's helping uh, Moana get where she needs to go. Uh, but 
Mushu doesn't do anything in these movies except for literally light that last cannon. So I guess like if we're gonna if we want to get down to it and say like oh Mulan had help in the form of Mushu. She's so creative that she would have found a way to light that thing. Yeah, and she's the one that told him to do right. it. Right, he didn't it's want still to. Still her idea. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she like stretched him out and forced him to breathe fire however that happened. Yeah. Um yeah. so I think that's a major difference is that um Moana had the help of this mythical god while Mulan was able to uh, battle her own way through. If I can make a little bit of an addition to that argument that Moana had the help of Maui to conquer her goal, the way that they set up this journey in Moana is that Moana's grandma says, Tafiti's heart was stolen by Maui. Moana, you are the chosen one. The ocean has chosen you to go with Maui so that Maui can give the heart back to Tafiti. Am I remembering the plot of Moana correct? Yeah. And that Maui yeah. is supposed to be the one who does the final deed. Correct. So it ends up being Moana. And I, I do really like that twist where Moana is kind of positioned to be the sidekick to Maui, but we learn that Moana has the true power of the ocean, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. I'm really glad that you mentioned the scene in Moana where she's on the raft Maui is gone, it's dark, and Moana's ghost grandma comes back and tries to inspire her. And she's hashtag ready to give up. Ghost grandma. Has hashtag ghost grandma. Okay. That is the low point in the movie where she's ready to give up and she's ready to go home. And the grandma says, The power was inside of you all along. You have the power of the ocean. And she says, The sea was never calling out to me. I was calling myself from inside of myself or something like that. It's kind of like, I don't know, a little bit chippy the way that they like <laughs> get her to motivate herself to like finish the adventure. So you think that, um, so if, if I'm understanding correctly, like she, not only does Moana, I mean, she, we can discount Maui as, uh, as kind of like this force upon it, but like her spiritual, aid in her grandma helped her her spirit aid in her grandma helped her and her being the chosen one to harness the spirit of the ocean helped her right the lowest moment in mulan's journey is after she is abandoned by the military and shang throws down his sword at her and mm -hmm. is like a life for a life or something like that right yep. she's left alone in the snow with mushu and she starts talking about how she's a fraud and Mushu starts talking about how he's a fraud. And then the cricket's like... I'm a fraud too. I was a, <laughs> yeah, I'm a fraud too. And so everyone's just really depressed and they decide to go home. And then the and then the Huns pop out of the snow like daisies. What does Mulan do? She gets on her horse. And what does Mushu, her sidekick, say? He says, what are you doing? Home's that way. We got to go home. And Mulan says, I don't care. I'm going to do what I have to do. So in Moana's lowest moment, she requires motivation from somebody else to get her to complete her journey. Mulan finds the courage inside of herself, which is so much more powerful to me. And I'm going to say it, Kyle. Oh, no. I think it makes Mulan the better hero. And I have Mulan defeating Moana in the finals here. All right. I don't. So here's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't at all. 
And uh, this is kind of why. I think that Moana, she she didn't... I'm going to break this down so stupidly. And you're going to be like, you're so dumb for doing this. And everyone listening is going to be like, Kyle, you're so dumb for doing this. But I'm going to break it down so far. Like, Mulan had tactical training to help her defeat her enemy, the Huns. She trained. She was trained to fight. Um, she was trained to withstand the elements and how to camp and she had that wagon uh moana didn't she took a boat found maui he helped her figure out how to sail i guess but she figured out everything after that when they're battling the coconuts and she's like the arrows are shooting everywhere and she thinks to hop onto the uh onto the rope and glide her way back to her boat like no one taught her how to do that she's creative and she figured it out also and this is horrible of me to say and I apologize to everyone listening to this, but I believe that Moana's deed benefited more people than Mulan's. And I say that because Angry Tafiti, hashtag Angry Tafiti, was going to take over the entire ocean and rid it completely of life, thus ridding any sort of landmass of life, which you could go ahead and argue that she could be taking over massive parts of land that touch any sort of body of ocean um, and thus essentially saving the world. But do you think that the Huns, had they been successful, would have continued conquering the rest of the world without a hero standing in their way? I don't think so. I think eventually somebody's taking the Huns down. Um, thus, I think that Moana with less skill and more bravery is the true hero of this bracket. But now you're talking about the movie. You're not talking about the hero. You're talking about the movie Moana versus the movie Mulan. Mulan can't help that that's the way her movie was written. No, for sure. Moana's benefiting from the movie being written like it's an end of the world movie. Yeah, for sure. That's not Mulan. How are you going to blame Mulan for that? I mean... We're, you have to discuss these heroes in the context of their scenarios. It's not my fault that Moana had to save the entire world. It's not my fault that Mulan only had to save China. China's like the, one of the most populous countries oh, in the world. Oh, for sure. But the world is the most populous planet, for all we know. So you're saying that if Moana had failed in restoring the heart of Tafiti, all of China would have been destroyed. That's what you're saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> chime in on Twitter. That's your theory. That's your interpretation of the movie Moana. Absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Do it. All right. We make our own rules this on is this something, podcast. This is something that I don't like to do and I did not want to do. Oh, no. Going into this podcast, oh, no. but it's referencing the source material. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Moana is an original story. Here we go. Mulan was based on a ballad written in like the 300s in China. In the original ballad, her name is Mulan, same character. She has several brothers who teach her the art of swordsmanship and battle. So she has this training. And so the inciting incident in the Disney movie is when she runs away from home. In the ballad, you'd have a lot more confidence in Mulan because you know that she's an expert swordswoman. In the movie, she has no idea what she's doing. She's leaving home on a whim, kind of stupid, but she's saving her father. Very tender, very meaningful. The audience is scared for her, but it pays off as she becomes an expert in the art of war. Moana, 
When she is set up on her island, she is positioned as its chosen one. If you remember, earlier in the best heroes bracket, we eliminated Simba for being a chosen one. Moana is a chosen one. She has the power of the ocean. She can shapeshift it and it can carry her and expose the hearts of the sea and in the final moment of the movie before she restores the heart she like splits the water like Moses and that's just not very relatable to me I understand the idea that it's like oh love wins like we're supposed to embrace people who are scary to us and that's how you bring out their inner beauty they might not be as bad as they seem on the outside but the thing I love about Mulan is that when she leaves home, she's not very equipped to handle the journey that's in front of her. And she learns along the way who she is on the inside. Hence, fulfilling the goal that she had set out when she sang Reflection at the beginning of the movie. But she doesn't learn by reflecting in herself how to become a hero of war. That's something she's trained to do. Moana doesn't know how to use the ocean to save her life until that final moment. Kyle, do you think that being a master of war is Mulan's reward at the end of the movie? It's not. It's bringing honor to her family by being the woman that she is. That's who she becomes. And that person is someone who is brave, kind, loyal, resourceful, and strong. You can apply that entire description to Moana as well. I don't see a characteristic that she's missing in that entire description. And that's my thing. In the end of the movie, the whole island ends up Voyagers. Everything's great. It's it's a very external reward to me. And Mulan earns the affection of her family. She earns honor from the Emperor of China, and Mulan receives a significant other at the end of the movie. Moana does not receive a significant other at the end of the movie. She gets she gets to keep... She returns to her pig and her chicken. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying who that's cares? just a bonus. Like, it doesn't matter if you do or don't, but I'm just saying it's a bonus. And the way that they do it is that they work, they work the love interest character into the movie so that she is not pursuing him throughout the film. He's just kind of there. And then it's just like, it's just icing on the cake that just happens and it makes sense. Go ahead. <laughs> There's even points where her her act of valor is, Mulan's act of valor is encouraged by this obvious love for Shang. Like, she obviously likes him. And that's, you can, when? you get hints when? of it Name throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Name a moment. Yes, when they, when they meet each outside. So Shang is just told that, the Huns are about to invade and they need to go and Mulan's standing outside and she's trying to like make small talk and tell uh, Shang what a great captain he is and how good of a job he's doing. Like, and Mushu, I'm pretty sure, even says something about her liking him. But does that drive the action? No. Sure. I mean, all, there were people in her, in her uh, caravan that died that day, that lost their <laughs> lives. And who did she save? The one that oh. she loved. Moana was not motivated by love through any of it. Moana was out there as a independent woman kicking butt. Let's talk about the songs. <laughs> let's dive into the songs. Even though this let's doesn't talk about add the to songs. their heroism, but let's talk about their songs. No, I mean, a lot of people commented on the fact that we used 
songs yeah. as a tiebreaker right. in episode one of this podcast. Right. And I think it's an extremely good tiebreaker because a good hero's song is something that reveals a lot about their character. Sure. And so Moana sings How Far I'll Go. Yes. Which is which is a great song. It's an incredible song. Love the song. It's a, it's even better covered by Alessia Cara, in my opinion. Yeah. It slaps. It slaps hard, Kyle. But it's very outwardly focused. She doesn't realize that she has any type of internal journey until Ghost Grandma comes and tells her that she has one. Mulan all along knows that she has this inner battle that she's facing the entire movie on top of the external battle. She's facing being the person that she is. And I'm going to cheat in another way right now. I'm going to pull up the Christina Aguilera lyrics to mm. Reflection. Mm. In Mulan, she sings a very short version of Reflection. It's a little bit generic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Christina Aguilera's version hits a little bit harder. So I'm going to read you a couple of lyrics from it now. Look at me, and you may think you see who I really am, but you'll never know me. Every day, it's as if I play a part. Now I see if I wear a mask, I can fool the world, but I cannot fool my heart. Let me repeat that last one. Now I see if I wear a mask, I can fool the world, but I cannot fool my heart. I'm, so Mulan. I'm going to go... I'm going to go ahead and read you a line from How Far I'll Go. That is quite literally saying the same exact thing. The same exact thing. Here we go. I know everyone on this island has a role, so maybe I can roll with mine. I can lead with pride. I can make us strong. I'll be satisfied if I play along, but the voice inside sings a different song. Inside, <laughs> I know what I want. But if I wear this mask, Chris Bauer socks, I can play along and everyone will be satisfied with it. So there's mask imagery in both of these movies. Mm -hmm. There's a there's an internal there's, there's an internal reflection in both movies. Okay, but <laughs> Kyle Skinner, I'm pulling when... at strings. That's all. That's the last thing I have to pull out for Moana. So that if okay, you if you deliver something here, you're about to knock us out. Here's the awesome thing about. Mulan. She sings that song. She's talking about wearing a mask, right? And she has a literal mask on during that, that song. Exactly. She has full makeup, right? She is trying to be this bride for the matchmaker and she rubs it off. Okay. Given she doesn't sing this lyric in the actual movie, but it's there. The implication is there. Okay. So she takes off this mask, right? What does she do next? She goes into the army, all right? And upon initial reaction, the audience might be like, okay, this is who she is. She is this warrior woman. But no, that is a mask as well. And she ultimately fails as a warrior. She only finally gets to the place that she needs to be when she takes off her armor. She rolls into the capital. Her hair's down. She's wearing her normal street clothes. And that's how she wraps up the movie, by taking care of Shun Yu as herself. Okay? Moana, yes, she sings that. But once she's off the island... That's it. 
she does not have to deal with the inner struggle that Mulan does. And she's, she has that line when she's talking to Ghost Grandma about being like, oh, the power was inside me the whole time. But I honestly don't see that internal struggle on screen leading up to that point. But in Mulan, you definitely do. She has an identity crisis throughout the entire movie until the very end. And Moana seems like her identity crisis wraps up after the last 15 minutes of the movie. And after that, it's just like a hero's tale. She's just out on an adventure facing bad guys. And Mulan, yeah, she's facing bad guys too, but she's also battling herself. And there are these stakes that are underneath the plot the whole time that if she's caught, things can go really bad for her. And I don't know. I just, I love all of the different ways that Mulan works. So that's my meditation on the song reflection versus how far I'll go. Welcome to our music podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for that one. All right. Well, Chris, I think you brought up, I mean, I think all of your points have been valid. I'd like to say all of my points have been valid. I think that there's one thing that you said that, that may give me a change of heart pun intended. (laughs) Um, is that when Ghost Grandma tells Moana that the power is inside of her and she's like, oh, whoa, power is inside of me. That's the moment where she's also, she also figures out how to harness the power of the ocean because the next move with the ocean is propelling her to Tafiti, splitting like Moses, doing the whole business. And I think that while that was a, a battle inside, I think I agree with you that Mulan's constant battle, she's, she's fighting two battles throughout the entire movie. It's the one inside, not only trying to fit in, but as well as uh, bring honor back to her family, but then as well as save the entire country. And that's, that's three different things that she's battling at once. And I'm going to have to give in and say that you are correct and that Mulan is truly the best Disney hero. And I will follow up on your follow-up. If I'm thinking about relating to this hero, like I said, a hero is someone who's very relatable. At the beginning of the movie, Moana is established as a very courageous person. Very beginning. Mulan. I'm not confident in calling her a courageous person until like three quarters of the way through the movie. Right. So she finds this power inside of her that is the same type of power that I could find inside of myself. And that is why Mulan is the champion of the best Disney heroes bracket. Everyone, let's give it up for Mulan. There it is. Bravo Disney, bravo Mulan, bravo the ancient warrior ballad from China. Disney is getting better at representing what a hero looks like as time has gone on, which is why our final four were, besides Jiminy, who snuck his way in, the three of the four are fairly recent movies in the Disney catalog. And I think that they're only going to continue to get better at representing those watching the movie in their heroes. That was my immediate reaction as well, is that a lot of the heroes were newer characters. And so I'm looking forward to the next hero that comes to the table. And, you know, I think that's the cool thing about our podcast is this is like the real March madness where a character can be top ranked one year and the next year, a new one can come in and overthrow you. So, you know, this might not necessarily be the only time we run a best Disney heroes bracket. I, I agree. And so 
If you're listening and you have any hot takes, which I'm sure you do because that last uh, discussion got a little heated, feel free to tweet at us, Mouse Madness Pod. Feel free to email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear it. We'll read it before the next show. Send us your suggestions for brackets. Uh, We're going to begin posting brackets the day before we release our shows. We're going to start releasing our shows every other Monday. So we'll post our brackets to our Twitter. Feel free to print them out, play along. You can keep up with us as we discuss, because I know that it can get a little bit confusing. All right. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. We can't wait to bust our bracket with you. Oh,